are incredibly kind. Well, I think the English are very nice, too. They're terribly nice to me. Except there are a couple of people I'd like to talk to you about. Yes? Yes, members of the British press. What? Mm. Shall we... Press? Yes. You have to. I was thoroughly enjoying myself. Let's put an end to that. Oh, yes, yes. Well, they're very strange people, aren't they? Rude things they say about our prime ministers. I'll have to admit that I do as well. So so, still, they are an odd crowd. I do say, I think they are too. I went to, I'll never forget one time, I went to England just to rest because I was resting too much in America. I couldn't, you know, I wasn't working. So I thought I'd go there. And uh, and, uh, they had a great big press reception yeah. for me mm-hmm. and the English press and we were all put into a sort of unair conditioned uh, room in yeah. the middle of oh, that, London you know of course and it was right in the middle of yes London. and it was and it was cold in London yeah. for a change yeah. uh, even well, out but inside of these double walls and so yeah. it was quite hot and everybody was asking rude questions the way the English press you know uh, uh, yeah. why did you How lose all I? your Was money <laughs> And you try to rise above this whole people asking impudent questions. Really, should give them a shot in the head, and they don't. You say, "So so nice to be back." And yeah, how old are you now? (laughs) 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 But there was one. One they kept sort of backing me into corners, you know, and shooting these questions, and you. I didn't dare look down. I had too many double chins. <laughs> Some photographer would get me. Mm. At any rate, there was one woman there from the press who I still have to take to task because mm. she's very peculiar. Young, just give her my... Yes, very young lady. Who's, do you know anybody? I was just going to say, just give me the telephone number and I'll deal with it when I go back. <laughs> I don't know if I had her number. I, I, it's up, but... Uh, <laughs> she, she was sort of... of uh, uh, nice looking and friendly, you know, and yeah. she came over to me and said, You look marvelous. Now, mind you, I didn't. I didn't at all. I looked oh, terrible. I can't believe I that. Awful. Oh, I did. I looked terrible. I was. Why? Well, because I was obese. <laughs> <laughs> That's O. Henry's cousin. Oh, obese. Nice. But anyway, I was very. You know, and she said, You look marvelous. No matter what you say, what have you been doing? You look marvelous. And after all these terrible questions, I sort of said, well, yeah, good. Come with me. Don't bother us now, honey. This old incubator has gone bad and we're likely to lose a lot of our checks. Oh, oh, that poor little thing. Oh, but I am. Miss Gold's hit total right over the back with a rake just because she says he gets in her garden and chases her nasty old cat every day. Seventy. Dorothy, please. Oh, but he doesn't do it every day. Just once or twice a week. And he can't catch her old cat anyway. And now she says she's going to get the Dorothy, servant. Dorothy, we're busy. before I make a dime back out of you. Listen, kid. Are you going to let that old ghost heifer try and buffalo you? She ain't nothing to be afraid of. Have a little courage, that's all. I'm not afraid of her. Then the next time she squawks, walk right up to her and spit in her eyes. That's what I do. 
Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. First and foremost, I want to give respect to Joey, Lorna, and Liza, the three children of Judy Garland. And I mentioned to Lorna, and I also mentioned to a friend of hers, the Evervescent Scott Nevins, that I would do a tribute tonight to their to the iconic Judy Garland, who was born Francis Ethel Gum, June tenth, nineteen twenty-two. Today is her ninety-ninth birthday, and she still continues to inspire. From the Wizard of Oz to the Harvey Girls, a star is born. She was in Judgment at Nuremberg. She won a juvenile Oscar for The Wizard of Oz. Should have won for A Star is Born. To this day, that actually, that injustice is still a major, major thing in Hollywood. A lot of people, I, I love the stories that Judy Garland's children tell about her. Even the late Elaine Stritch, who said that Judy Garland was really funny. And a lot of people didn't know that. And Liza and Lorna would say, Mama, how come people don't know you're so funny? And she's like, they don't need to know that side of me. I've seen the films about Judy Garland. But nothing beats the real thing. Nothing beats the real thing. From those moments of her holding Barbara Streisand's hand and singing, Happy Days Are Here Again. That's a moment. That's an iconic TV moment. They replicated it for, remember the show Glee? Many people have tried to replicate, you know, repeat. You can't, you can't. That moment was a iconic. I wasn't even alive then. What Judy Garland represents the light at the end of the tunnel, the rainbow. Follow the yellow brick road. She is synonymous with that. Somewhere over the rainbow and in the gay community, that's a big thing. We love rainbows. Transformative performances that Judy Garland could only give. My goodness. My grandmother loved her. My mother loved her. My aunt loved her. Um, I loved her. Kids still... I remember I played the Wizard of Oz one time. And um, they loved it. And then they would ask what happened to Judy Garland. We're not going to talk about that. Because this is about her life. This is about the joy that she brought. I loved her in Summer Stock with Gene Kelly. Come on. Well, I love Gene Kelly, so... That's such a good movie. She's on that tractor. My goodness. What, What an icon. What a... There's nobody else like her. Where she does that uh, 
Come on, get happy with the hat. Yeah. The really amazing Rufus Wainwright did Rufus Does Judy. And he did the, the you know, the live album kind of covers. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I love Rufus. And only Rufus could do that. And I think he's doing it again this year to celebrate. Yeah. Judy Garland inspired so many people. She made so many people happy. She loved to sing. She she was, oh my God. I've seen A Star is Born. And that moment where she's singing The Man That Got Away. That is powerful. And she's singing with power. And she's singing just to you. To her apologizing for melting the witch. Remember that? Remember that? Those moments. Nobody can... Judy Garland had those eyes. I, if if you, we, I think so many of us know the Wizard of Oz. When she opens that door, I get chills just talking about this for the first time. Right before the music starts to play, and her and she just you can't you can't fake that. She did it so well. In terms of. Emoting, feeling that that moment. Just she herself was saying it. Oh Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas. And and she was just so overtaken by the beauty. It really added to it. She never lost that quality. There was so much to be said about Judy Garland and her performances and. How she's she loved people. She loved people. And she loved to perform. I don't think anybody really could do it. Like she could. We call people these great entertainers. But there's only one Judy Garland. And oh, I can't, I can't play any music. I can't because I don't want to get in trouble, you know. So uh, let's see here if I can find something. Let's see. Okay. <sighs> she. I would be remiss if I don't talk about. Her singing, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Remember that? To Margaret O'Brien. Isn't that a beautiful moment? There, there are moments with Judy Garland. Rod Steiger 
I remember they did the American Film Institute 100 Years 100 Stars. I just love that. Rod Steiger said of Judy Garland, she gave you moments that you'll never forget in song and on screen. And I love that we still revere her and hold her so high as an entertainer. And she was human. She was human. And I think her humor showed that. Her humor about what she had been through as a child star. And she could have written volumes of books. But instead what she did, she went out and she performed. She performed. She always gave it her best. And I don't like the films where they it's someone trying to portray Judy Garland. If you want to see Judy Garland, you watch the films. Her and Fred Astaire and Easter Parade. My grandmother loved that one. Uh, I love the Harvey Girls because it's her and Angela Lansbury. Me and my gal with her and Mickey Rooney. And then that one was that one where she's in my singing school. Oh my goodness. And then she's singing to Clark Gable. I was Scott Nevins, I, I will quote him because he said something very, very profound about Judy Garland. And I want to I you always have to give credit where credit is due. And when you mention Judy Garland, some people yawn and say, well, she's, she's gone. She may be gone to you, but she's still present. She's still present. She's still very much a part of the fabric that we live in. Scott Niven said, and I quote, lots to discuss. She was incredible, even in the silliest films. Then you get to her performance in masterpieces like Star is Born, and there's no contest. Lorna Luft really... Oh my goodness. She really... Just she has that same joy that her mother has. So does Liza Minnelli and Joey Luft to be this these keepers of the flame and to pursue their own adventures. Because they said living with her was 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 fascinating. It was an adventure. She always made it interesting. And. Here we go. Here's a clip from Summer Stock. So we'll do it 40. Let's see a hundred right, times. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Jane! Oh, Arvo. What are you doing up there? Well, I'm making an entrance 40, 50, a lot of times. What in the world is going on here? Arvo, I'll tell you about it later. Well, I demand to know right here and now. Arvo, this is none of your affair. Just go away. I will not go away, and you come down from that stage immediately. Come on, come on. Orville, I've got enough trouble. Don't you start in on me. I've only got two days to get up in this part. This is no time to argue. You're not in 
their show. You're not. I just told you, yes, I am. Well, I won't have it. I won't have a fiancé of mine working in a... a... Orville, if you don't stop this, you won't have a fiancé. So just sit down and be quiet. If you can't be quiet, leave. Well, look here. All right. Go away. Go home. What do we do now? We'll rehearse that entrance. And let's not forget A Star is Born. Well, have you had enough, as the Republicans used to say? You know about as much about me now as I do myself. But you see how long it's taken me to get this far. Now, all I need is just a little luck. What kind of luck? kind of luck that every girl singer with a band dreams of. One night a talent scout from a big record company will come in and he'll let me make a record. Yes, and then? Oh, the record will become number one on the hit parade, be played on the jukeboxes all over the country, and I'll be made. <laughs> End of dream. Is there anything wrong with that? I know. It won't happen. No, it might happen very easily. Only the dream isn't big enough. How long will you be playing with the Grove? Well, tonight was our last night. We leave for San Francisco in the morning. Don't go. What? Quit. Leave the band. Stay on here. Let me see what I can do for you at the studio. I'll talk to Oliver Niles right away. It's just a chance, but take it. A chance? Do you realize I'd be giving up everything I ever worked for? That's right, but it served its purpose. Listen to me, Esther. A career is a curious thing. Talent isn't always enough. You need the sense of timing. An eye for seeing the turning point. Or recognizing the big chance when it comes along and grabbing it. A career can rest on a trifle like... Like us, sitting here tonight. Or it can turn on somebody saying to you... You're better than that. You're better than you know. Don't settle for the little dream. Go on to the big one. Scared? Scared to take the plunge? Yes. Say, what makes you so sure about me? I heard you sing. Yeah, but I, I... I know, just my word. But you know yourself, don't you? You just needed somebody to tell you. I'm certainly mixed up now. I thought I was doing just fine. <laughs> don't look so miserable. You don't have to make up your mind now. Sleep on it. I'll call you first thing in the morning. Oh, sleep on it. You fix me for sleep, all right. Whether you do it or not, don't ever forget how good you are. Hang on to that. Because I'm right. Good night, Esther. Good night, Mr. Main. Thank you. So, there are some parallels to the Lady Gaga version of A Star is Born. Because she does pay tribute to Judy Garland. Where she's singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That's profound. Lady Gaga knew 
She knew the power. It's like this, you don't blow on yourself. Here's one of my favorites, the Harvey Girls. Oh. One sirloin steak. Rare. We ain't got it. What? No roast beef, no lamb chops, and not a single one of those famous Harvey steaks. The meat's disappeared, and so's our manager. I think I know what's happened. What do you think could have happened? You think somebody stole all that? Oh, I'm looking forward to that steak, Miss Bradley. Oh, you shall have it, Mr. Trent. There's so much I could I can't play any songs. I can't play any songs. <laughs> but just her talking about as as a performer. She she told some really great stories to Jack Parr about her career. I've learned in show business the greater the talent. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, this, this is someone's gonna call this. I'm um, review this show. They'll say uh, Punchy and Judy. Now what? <laughs> <don't> they... <laughs> I know those cats, you know. But anyhow, she what a great laugher. <laughs> she laughs, boy, at red ties. They say she. Does <laughs> she laugh like it? Okay. I laugh at this. <laughs> Boy, you sure got over Norman Maine in a hurry. Oh, didn't you? Hey, listen. Hey, we, she has the greatest stories, and this is one of the great talkers in show business, but no one ever heard her talk. I mean, no one, no, professionally. Um, listen, tell them about the days at MGM. There's some of the stories about Mickey and Liz Taylor and those people. Just to tell the stories you want to. Well, uh, I hardly know where to start. Um, tell them what you said about Liz. Well, no, it wasn't anything like No, no. And, uh, uh, I, as you know, she's this, this marvelous sort of femme fatale. Yes. I can always just remember her as a, as a girl with a lot of chipmunks and horses. And she was only about three feet high and two years old at Metro. I can't imagine this marvelous sort of Cleopatra. She was, you know, that shows my age. Well... Liz has grown up. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. But, uh... <laughs> I laugh. Liz, she always thinks of Liz well, we with chipmunks. a strange group, you know. Well, you know, what was in that group? Well, it was a terrible classroom in the first place. When you think of all of us in one group. But Elizabeth Taylor, <laughs> in the schoolroom, you know, we went to school. It was Elizabeth Taylor, and we did, believe it or not. And Lana Turner... And Mickey Rooney, and Freddie Bartholomew, and me, and Deanna Durbin. That was one room? In one room, that was all it was. And, and, uh, we all turned out swell. <laughs> what happened at Metro? What did they do? I don't, that was, uh. Were you kids scared? Were you scared? No, no, not at all. <laughs> we were fine. Have you seen us since we've come out? We were a very peculiar group. <laughs> excusing herself every five minutes by having to raise her hand in school to go out and smoke. Uh, oh, it, it wasn't a good idea. How was Mickey? And he went out and smoked, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, how far did you go to school in that kind of system? We went to school, clear through the... Uh, High school? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, they, well, we, we got old enough, they finally sprung us. We yeah. didn't pass. 
did you kids know when you were that age and did you know you were big stars or was that kept from oh, you? Why were you frightened? Because you were frightened. Yes, you were scared. Who were you scared of? Everybody? Everybody. But didn't you know you no, were big stars? No. No, they didn't let us know. We were kept under wraps. Who else do you remember? Listen, how'd you start? Did Jessel really give you your name? Yes, he, he says he does. Yes, did he? he did. He gave me the, uh, my last name. Her name is Francis Gum. Yeah. Francis Gum, yeah. Isn't I, it right? Yes, that's right. Now, tell me, what the, were you good in vaudeville? We were terrible. Ever? Tell me. Yeah, who was in it? My two sisters and my mother and myself. We were in rotten vaudeville, too. You know, not good Keith time or, or Orpheum time or anything. We were in lousy vaudeville where they... <laughs> we were in between the, the switches. We, they'd show... A movie, you know, and then throw on a lot of acts, yeah. and then throw show the movie, and then throw on. We were part of that type of audience. We were terrible. Tell me a story about Happy Harry. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. Come on, they, they want to hear all the oh, stuff I hear. Oh, it's it, well, we we did this. Uh, my two sisters and I did a a tour in um, throughout Washington and and uh, and Oregon, all the rotten cities, all the little cities, not the main cities. Sure. And they let us in, but. Uh, 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 we did. It was a tour, so the acts stayed together for about six weeks, and uh, there was a. Uh, we followed a miserable comedian, most depressed comedian I've ever known, uh, called Happy Harry. And, uh, he he used to come on in two. You know what that means? The curtain is quite a ways back, so that there's a lot of room, and the music would would uh, start. His entrance music was sort of. There was only three pieces in the band. <laughs> Piano, drums, and some violin or trumpet. I, three, so it was an empty pit with just three pieces in it. Now, Happy Harry would wait in back of the curtain, and the manager of the, the, the tour would make us wait all the way through Happy Harry's uh, act to make sure we were ready, you know. So we watched this poor thing every night. And they play. And he breaks and says, Hello, everybody, this is Happy Harry. And, and he'd go on to the most terrible stories. And we were. Well, this one time, I think. I think <laughs> you still want me to go? Oh, yes. Well, this, this, uh, one time we hit, they put him in one instead of two, which meant he only had that much space, you know, between the pit and himself. So we were, <laughs> we were in the wings, as usual, at the Gum Sisters, and he, when music went, and he went, Yeah, and that song, Dear Mr. Gable. Yeah. yeah. And to me, you'll always be... And, and to me, you'll always be Dorothy. Ah. Little Dorothy. Okay. Hey, tell me a story about how those clowns tried to crowd you out in the Wizard of Oz. Oh, Clouds. I don't dare. You're terrible. <laughs> you knew that when I came on. You know. <laughs> I'm terrible. Well, we, they, you mean uh, Jack and, and Bert? Yeah, how they crowded you out. Uh, uh, well, they, you know, they're my friends now, but then they didn't know me. Well, yeah. Uh, how old were you? I was uh, about 12. No, 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 I was older than that. I was 14. Mm. They tried to make me look 12 in many different ways. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know you're 16 or more now. <laughs> I just figured that. You've got a lovely need, you know that? You I always did have cover it a bit. <laughs> That dress is becoming a blouse, isn't it? <laughs>
Please, how about the Wizard of Oz? Well, uh, uh, we were... <laughs> we were... Oh, I love her. <laughs> I had to work with three very professional, very professional men, you know, Jack Haley and, and Bert Lahr and Ray Bolger. And they had so much makeup on, you know, then one was a tin man and one was a scarecrow and one was a cowardly lion. And they were so busy complaining about their makeups and each one was was uh, making bets as to which makeup was the most difficult. And they all gained weight, always from the picture. You know, and they all pretended. They just, uh, but whenever we do that little dance up the yellow brick road. Yeah, I remember that. I was supposed to be with them. Yeah. You know. They'd crowd you out. They'd shut me out. I, they'd close in on the three of them and I would be in back of them dancing. <laughs> and I was, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough, you know, to say, wait a minute. Uh, and so the director, Victor Fleming, was darling, man. He was always up on a boom. Would say, hold it, you three dirty hams. Let that little girl in there. <laughs> That is the effervescent Judy Garland talking about The Wizard of Oz. That That's the film, one of many, that we will forever remember her for. And I have to say she is a part of gay history. Oh, yes. I know as I say that, I sound like Morticia Adams mixed with Gomez. Oh, yes. She was. So, if I can find it. This is history. And this is Pride Month. Happy Pride. Um, make sure you're vaxxed and waxed. I'm just kidding. Or am I? Uh, her legacy. There we go. Here we go. Judy Garland, the gay icon. The advocate has called Garland the Elvis of homosexuals. Okay, Wikipedia. (laughs) Stonewall riots. Some have suggested a connection between the date of Judy Garland's funeral on June 27th, 1969 and the Stonewall Riots, the flashpoint of the modern gay liberation movement, which started in the early hours of June 28th. Some of observers of the riots contended that most of those involved were not the type to moon over Judy Garland records or attend her concerts. They were, okay, whatever. However, some historical documents state that there were several patrons at the Stonewall Bar that night, Garland fans, who, according to the bar patron, Sylvia Rivera, had come from every very, a very emotional Garland funeral earlier in the day to drink and mourn. Rivera said that, indeed, there was a feeling in the air that something would happen that night. I guess Judy Garland's death just really helped us really hit the fan. There was a certainty of awareness and appreciation of Garland among Stowall in patrons. Because the bar had no liquor license, it passed off as a bottle club, and patrons were required to sign in it. Many used pseudonyms, and Judy Garland was amongst the most popular. Regardless of the truth of the matter, the Garland-Stonewall connection has persisted and has been fictionalized in Stonewall. Nigel Finch's feature film about the events leading up to the riots... Okay. 
Garland's daughter, Lorna Luff, points to the connection with pride, seeing that her mother was a huge, huge advocate of human rights, and Garland would have found the rioting appropriate. Another connection is the rainbow flag, the symbol of the LGBT communities, which may have been inspired in part by Garland's song, Over the Rainbow. Garland's performance of this song has been described as a sound of the closet, speaking to the gay men whose image they presented in their own public lives was often at odds with a truer sense of self that mainstream society would not condone. <sighs> Judy Garland, thank you. Thank you so much. And to quote Debbie Reynolds on Will and Grace, I couldn't find the sound bite, so whatever. So, what are the boys still listening to these days? Is it still Judy? Unpleasant dreams. <laughs>